Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Monster show on tap, Jonathan Crompton. Also, how about a little bit of Coach Lance? And the Vols prepare for Kentucky, the latest 5-1 to one on Fridays. Five reasons why the Vols will beat Kentucky and one why they might not. Let's get rolling with Amanda LaFrada. I'm Dave Hooker. Big show today on a Friday. Let the dogs out. What? Do what? <laughs> let the dogs out. You know, like, who let the dogs out? Who, who? Off the Hook, airing on offthehooksports.com. Your home for real news, real opinions, and what really matters about Tennessee athletics. Always available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, iHeart. Like, share, follow, subscribe. Always available wherever you find your favorite podcast. It is a Friday, so here we go. Welcome to the program, and we are loaded for bear. Former Vol will join us. Jonathan Crompton, played quarterback for Tennessee. We'll get his thoughts on Will Levis. Also coming up a little bit later in the program, we'll be joined by Coach Lance, as we'll have message for Bingo, the contest that's sweeping the nation, and we want to see your pets dressed up. Caleb Calhoun will join us in a matter of moments. First, good morning, Amanda LaFrada. How are you? I'm doing well, Dave. How are you? I'm well. What does your shirt say? It's Classy until the game starts. Oh, and then it gets wild and woolly. Mm-hmm. Are you the type that curses at uh, the screen or throws things? Or how animated do you get? I'm actually not that type. I don't really get that animated, to be honest. I will have a huff or i will have a i can't believe they're doing this or whatever but i don't throw things i think that's just stupid yeah i've done that a couple times but it was throw pillows so they were intended for that 
so I didn't feel as bad about it. It is the Down and Dirty at 30. It's brought to you by Honeybee Coffee. Honeybee Coffee with locations in Knoxville, and it's easy to order online. Why is Honeybee Coffee so good, Amanda? It just tastes good. At the end of the day, it's just, it's just, it tastes good, and it doesn't give you that, like, jittery feeling. It's just pure coffee, and that's what you want out of coffee. Yep, so they bring you the down and dirty at 30. You can go to Honeybee Coffee, Honeybee Coffee, co.com, Honeybee Coffee, co.com. So I want to read Caleb Calhoun in here is uh, the down and dirty at 30. I want to start real quickly with uh, that Tom Brady is as good as things have gone. Uh, he, he somehow finds himself in the middle of a divorce from a supermodel and his team's terrible too. So maybe hung on a little bit long, Caleb, Amanda, thoughts before we get to the balls? Well, um, far be it from me to be the biggest Tom Brady defender because I am somebody who will go to his grave saying Peyton Manning was always better, and I don't care how many rings Tom Brady won. I don't judge on rings. At, look at my guy throwing heat. Throwing heat. And so I will, I've never judged on rings and never will. That said, to be consistent – I don't judge always quarterback play on whether or not teams are winning. Tom Brady's not playing that bad. I mean, I think he's got, what, 10 touchdown passes, one interception this year. Yeah, his total QBR is, uh, is, is, I think, slightly below 50. But, I mean, he that's a bad football team just all the way around. I think there are a lot, I think there are a lot of problems that go deeper than Tom Brady in, in, in this situation. Because watching Tom Brady play, I'd still take him over. To, he still might be the second best quarterback in the NFC to Jalen Hurts or the third to Aaron Rodgers. I mean, the NFC is so bad at quarterbacks right now. <laughs> Amanda, do you tie specific games to quarterbacks, i.e. Um, Super Bowls to quarterbacks? Do you use that as a determination of how good or okay or great they are? If you did that, then you would say Peyton Manning's not that good just based on his uh, – resume against Florida. So, exactly. and losing all four, all four years that he was at Tennessee. So you can't base that on, on just how, you know, a quarterback, how good he is, but you have to give it to Tom Brady with the whole, he won so many Super Bowls. And I know that's, Oh, he's, you know, it's the team and all that stuff. Well, you have to have that composure to be in the pocket, to be able to control the game, to still win those games. You, that is a whole different, a whole different thing than the talent level and all that stuff. Is Peyton Manning more talented than Tom Brady? Quite possibly. Is Tom Brady a better quarterback? Yes, he is. Just because of the way he can lead his team. And I'm not jumping on the Tom Brady. Oh, you should have whatever. Your wife's leaving you. Blah 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 blah. This is a man that's been dedicated to football his entire life. It's not going to change. He's still dedicated now, and Giselle knew that going in. So it's not like it's something that she's just all of a sudden, oh, guess what? Tom Brady's is dedicated to football. Duh. We've all seen that. It's been that way the whole time. And everybody loves to jump on someone that it looks like they're not doing as good as they were. Everybody's jumping on Nick Saban in Alabama. I mean, you see it all the time. So I'm not jumping on that train. Go Tom Brady, go. I don't even care. I'm not a Tom Brady fan. I'm not a Patriots fan. I'm not any or Tampa Bay or whatever. Just do your thing, Tom Brady. Don't let anybody bring you down. I, I agree with both of you that we attach 
wins and losses and championships to quarterbacks far too easily. And we use that as a determining factor. I don't think that should be the case. I, I think Warren Moon is one of the best passers that I ever saw, best pure passers to go back. And um, I think Peyton Manning did a lot of things in terms of changing the game that Tom Brady didn't do. But nevertheless, that's a conversation for another day. Tennessee, Kentucky. Uh, Caleb, your thoughts on Josh Heupel's final visit with the media yesterday. Kentucky is about a 12-point underdog. Tennessee should win this game. When I'm, I'm going to go through some reasons why, but just your thoughts leading into the game on a football Friday. Yeah, the biggest thing is, and I talked about it yesterday, is to make sure it's not a trap game. And it, it shouldn't be a trap game. You're playing a night game, Halloween weekend, black jerseys at Nayland Stadium with the ranked team coming to town. Um, but they got to be careful. Kentucky's coming off a bye. Tennessee's coming off a semi-bye, I guess you could say, because they didn't really have to play against UT Martin that hard. But I think one of the things you have to be careful about is, um, guys, I was thinking about this last night. Um, there's a really good chance it's not above 50%. It may not even be above 40%, but there is still a it, above 30% is anything. If it, something has a 30% chance of happening, that's not, it could happen. And there's, I'd say at least a 30% chance of Tennessee, Georgia next week being number two versus number one. Don't write off that Penn state, Ohio state game on Saturday. Um, I Penn state is the first team with an elite pass rush that Ohio state has played all year. And C.J. Stroud is great in the pocket. He hasn't – he's not that mobile, though. So just just watch out. That's at Penn State. It's a noon kickoff. Um, I think Tennessee – I mean, just imagine if Penn State wins that that day. We know Georgia's going to beat Florida probably. Um, and Tennessee's going to kick off with Kentucky. How are you not going to be thinking like, oh, my gosh, next week at Georgia could be two versus one? I, I think Tennessee's players are mature enough based off what they've done so far this season. If we were having this conversation and it was the second and third game in September, I'd say, Caleb, you're right. There's a real potential for that. I think what you said about Penn State's very interesting because doesn't it always seem like, Amanda, that James Franklin wins one game he shouldn't and probably loses two games he shouldn't each and every year? Does it, That seems to be the James Franklin M.O. It, it always it's always seems like that is how it goes because you can't like at the end of the day Penn State can't fire him because he's won the one game he shouldn't have won and this is the one game if he's gonna win one that he shouldn't win this is it because they've they've already faced Michigan and got beat down pretty badly so this is the only game I feel like he shouldn't win that he has the possibility of winning. And I think we'll see CJ Stroud this game. I think we'll see him falter and we'll see that he's not that great once again. Uh, yeah. Well, well there, but... if, if that happens, then Hendon Hooker is more than just a Heisman candidate. He is the Heisman front runner. There's no By a mile at that point. Yeah. If, yeah. if they lose, then I think he's the front runner. If CJ Stroud doesn't play well, I think he's the front runner. And at that point, it is his award to lose. Please like, subscribe, and share. We get to Friday's five to one, five reasons why Tennessee will win and one why they won't. And that's brought to you by Andy Mason 
and Andy Mason Real Estate. And man, you got to go to andymasonrealestate.com. Andy's terrific. Over 40 years of experience in the real estate field in Knoxville. You will love Andy Mason. He will save you thousands and thousands of dollars. Best customer service, best prices. How about that? Andy Mason realestate.com. So let's get to the five to one. Friday's five to one. And you guys feel free to jump in here. I'll throw them at you. This is on off the hooksports.com right now. So feel free to uh, play along. And speaking of play along, if you like dressing up your pets, we got something special for you. So Friday's five to one. Uh, Tennessee, Kentucky, of course, will play uh, tomorrow. And let's start with Kentucky quarterback Will Levis has been hammered. And I don't mean that he's been drinking. But Amanda, he has suffered a shoulder injury. He has suffered a foot injury. And we'll get to the reason why here in a second. But this is not the same Will Levis that started the season as preseason All-SEC. It's not the same Will Levis that will be probably a first-round draft pick. This is a guy who's been beat all the heck. Yeah, he really has. I mean, he it doesn't even seem like he has an offensive line. I mean, people are just hitting him left and right. And, and he's hurt every single game. That's the thing. He gets hurt, like gets roughed up every single game. And this kid... I mean, he's dragging it across the finish line this season, and we're not even there. Like, we're not even close to being at the finish line, but he is doing everything he can with that entire team on his back to get them into a, a pretty much now a bowl, a bowl game. He's dragging it around like the third turn if you're running a 400 meters. So maybe even the back stretch. Caleb, I don't know that he's gotten to the third turn yet. Um, he's right there, and it seems like he's limping around the track. Yeah, it's so funny because um, I like him. I was reading Wes Rucker on Twitter earlier this week, and he talked about how he finds it odd that Kentucky has such a good quarterback and likes to slow down the tempo because you would think they'd want to maximize the plays with a good quarterback. But in my mind, I'm like, I think they have to. I think if you, the more you have Will Levis step back there and throw the ball, the more you have him get hit. And they're slowing down the tempo because they have to protect him because it's – I mean, you're talking – it reminds me of – Andrew Luck, his first few years in Indianapolis, when he was just getting brutalized because Indianapolis had the most incompetent management of all time and could not get him an offensive line. Um, and I, I'm seeing the same with Will Levis right now with Kentucky. And, you know, I hate it for him because I think he has NFL potential. But, you know, you get you take those hits, you become a little more injury prone over the years. And then so now Will Levis could be just damaged goods going into the pros. I'm sorry. I'm going to take a hot take. I think he should shut the season down and just prepare for the NFL. He's going to ruin his career otherwise. I actually thought that yesterday. And um, I I think that if you you beat Tennessee, then maybe there's something to play for. But I'm having trouble finding it, Amanda. And we're in a different age. The The players are getting paid. They have set out bowl games before. It wouldn't 100% stun me if he shut it down. Return that NIL money and shut it down, man. I mean, if that's if <laughs> this is what you want, if you want a a career in the NFL, this is not you're not going about it the right way because you are just getting hammered every single week and it sucks to watch. It's it's awful to watch actually. That leads us to the second part of Friday's 5-1. to one. Kentucky can't protect Levis. The Wildcats have don't even have a slightly below average offensive line. They're just bad. They're last in the SEC, giving up 3.7 sacks per game. 
The Cats are also last in the SEC in average yards per carry at 3.1. Their offensive line, Caleb, is just horrendous. Awful. It's awful. <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking I, – I mean, again, I, I told you, Byron Young should have a historic day on Saturday. If, if this is Byron Young's game to, like – you know, get on all the awards list afterward, win every like national award. I mean, an immobile quarterback and an awful offensive line, and you're an elite pass rusher. This is your game to shine. Yeah. And, um, and the other thing, Kentucky relies, what people don't realize is one of the reasons Levis, one of the reasons this works is because even though they get sacked a lot, the way Kentucky's offense works is they have like three or four big plays in a game, like just huge 70 yard passing plays in a game and you don't know when they're going to come but i don't think i'm going to defend you know we talk about how bad tennessee secondary is but you know they do keep everything in front of them i don't think have they gotten beat over the top this year really no and their defense is pretty good i mean their defense i think is uh we'll get to that but i think it's one of the better ones in the nation but still Man, uh, this Tennessee offense hasn't been slowed, and well, let's let's go ahead and lead into that. So the next part of uh, Friday's five to one is uh, the Vols can rush the passer. So uh, Tennessee is tied for fourth in the SEC with two point four three sacks per game. But getting uh, to your point, um, well, I did. Um, if you look at Kentucky's defense and what they've been able to do so far, Amanda, th- I mean, now part of this. They don't play tempo, okay? So I, I think I think we all need to be fair to the situation here. So you're automatically going to be much better if you don't play tempo and you don't put your defense in a bad spot because most people they do play they do play tempo now. So Kentucky gives up 295 yards and they are the second best defense in the SEC. That's that's pretty good. Georgia is uh, amazing uh, at 247, uh, but Kentucky just ahead of Alabama uh, by two-tenths of a point. So Kentucky's defense, statistically, when you watch them, like Caleb said, they don't get beat over the top. But again, they're not offset with with tempo, which every other team uh, just about in the nation runs. So are they good? Yes. Are they phenomenal like Georgia was last year? I don't think so. You have to look at who's who Kentucky has played too. Uh, I mean, they play they play Ole Miss, and that's probably their their biggest uh, test to date. But that was also, you know, Ole Miss beat them. They let South Carolina score twenty four on them. The South Carolina that's not been scoring many points at all. I mean, that Georgia completely shut down. So I have to look at when I do this. When I hear stats like that, I look at who they've played. Kentucky's resume is not that great. I mean, they did play Florida. Give them that. But they played Florida when Florida was just awful. That was probably Anthony Richardson's worst game, I think. And so I just I, – I look at who they've played, and I don't, I don't see it. I understand that stats say one thing, but Alabama has also played Tennessee. Kentucky hasn't played a game like Tennessee. Like, they haven't played an opponent like that. Caleb, I think the one apt comparison playing off what Amanda said would be uh, Kentucky and Ole Miss. So they did hold Ole Miss to 22 points, and Ole Miss runs a very similar type of offense as Tennessee does. So 
if Ole Miss, who does not have the talent, I don't think it's anywhere close, doesn't have the quarterback play, can score 22, wouldn't we think that Tennessee could score 30 minimum? Yeah, well, okay, technically Ole Miss scored 20 because Ole Miss got a safety. That's right. that part of that. But, um, yes, I, I would say that that Tennessee's offense – I would have more faith in Tennessee's offense than Ole Miss's offense. I will I, I will give, I will acknowledge that. Um, sorry, I think we got mixed up. I meant I meant to say that it was Tennessee secondary who doesn't get beat over the top, which is why I think they have an advantage because Kentucky relies okay. on big plays. Because I know Tennessee secondary is problematic, but I don't think they get beat over the top. But yeah, Kentucky doesn't get beat over the top either. Um, I think that I think Tennessee should move the ball on on Kentucky. Um, I don't think I, I, I don't think it's going to be your Alabama five touchdowns to Jalen Hyatt. Um, I think where they really can get an edge is running the ball really effectively. Um, and it's going to be more, I, I hate the phrase dink and dunk or nickel and dime, but it's going to be more, you know, methodically moving down the field. But I think Tennessee could do that at will. They they can do that if they need to. They just haven't had to do that because they can, you know, hit the big play so often, but you run it with you. you Hendon hooker is not going to run a lot in this game. Kentucky's very great at containing the run. But they don't get sacks either. So Hinton Hooker's gonna have a he's gonna be comfortable in the pocket. This will actually be this is the perfect game for Hinton Hooker to be tested for NFL scouts because he's gonna have to make throws from the pocket. He's gonna have to stay in the pocket and be accurate throwing from the pocket against a, a what we would consider a good secondary. I think he can do it. Um, I think he's shown enough to show that he can make the right decision from the pocket, but he can't he's gonna have to rely he can't rely on his legs as an option. He's just gonna have to find the right receiver. Um, the whole time. And then also you're going to have to have a good running game. And I think Tennessee's going to run the ball well on them. Uh, Don says our offensive line has greatly overachieved compared to expectations on both sides. I completely agree with that, Amanda. This offensive line to me is now a given that it will be good about this happened probably about two or three weeks ago against Alabama when, when they handled that front, um, they did have the scoop and score, but that was uh, an exchange issue. Um, after the Alabama game, I thought to myself, this is a, a given that Tennessee's offensive line is good to really good. Fair? Yeah, that's fair. I mean, that that's quite a feat to be able to hold out, you know, off all of those, those big, big dudes like Will Anderson and not let them get to, you know, Hendon Hooker, not even, not that often. I mean, Hendon Hooker did throw one interception that game, but the offensive line protected him like no other during that time. And I think Tennessee's offensive line is working as a unit. They're working as a team. um, And they really know what they have back there in Hendon Hooker. I wish for Kentucky's sake, that Kentucky's offensive line believed that much in Will Levis because it doesn't seem like they care if he gets hit one way or the other. So, John saying LSU's defense held Ole Miss to less points than Kentucky's defense did. Yeah, it all depends on when you catch a uh, when you catch LSU. It appears because they had their struggles at the beginning of the year. I thought Tennessee caught them at a great time. And now it appears as if maybe they're putting some things together. We'll see. So a couple of other on uh, five to one, five reasons why Tennessee will win against Kentucky and one why they won't a Friday staple and off the sports.com. I got team chemistry and this goes back to the, what Caleb said in terms of could this team overlook this game? I don't think that's the case. 
Neela Noise. Um, I mean, you know, I, I hate that you don't have third down for what anymore, Amanda. But that's yeah, was... so sad that that's <laughs> gone. <laughs> but you do, Caleb. Caleb had a little snicker. When did you uh, fall out of love with third down for what, Caleb? I mean, I fell out of love for third down for what when I stopped liking turn down for what? Like, <laughs> like uh, that that was a vibe for the summer of 2014. And it was a fun one. Went to Vegas and Atlantic City that year. So, you know, it was um, it was a lot of it was a fun one. But yeah, but by, by the time 2015 hit, I'm like, OK, I like that. I like the turn down for what remix actually more than the original. I like the one with Juicy J on it. So. You know, who doesn't uh, love Juicy J? Who knows who Juicy J is? I do not. So you don't like, know who Juicy J is? I don't. I don't Founding know. Founding member oh. of Three Six Mafia. Yeah, I, don't yeah, know. I don't know what turn down for what is. I just thought that was third down for what. Um, so lastly, defense, defense, defense. Um, if if Kentucky's gonna win, this would be the one reason that they win. So five to one, that would be the one reason they're able to win. So uh, Caleb, I know you have work to do. Give us your score prediction and your thoughts on the game uh, tomorrow, Tennessee, Kentucky. What do you think happens? Ooh, uh, score prediction. Um, I think Tennessee is going to win. I, I, I'd like to say fairly comfortably. Um, I think they'll win like thirty-eight to twenty-eight. Something like that. I think I think it'll be one of those where it'll kind of be a Florida situation where they'll be up 38-21 late, and they might just let Kentucky score a late touchdown while they're trying to milk some clock. And you know, so I'll go 38 to 28. But again, it'll be a it'll be a plastic 28 if I can use that word. Plastic. Good stuff, Caleb. I appreciate it. We look forward to your work on offthehooksports.com. Have a fantastic weekend. I'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, sounds good. Have a good one, guys. He is Caleb Calhoun back in two minutes with Jonathan Crompton to break down a little bit of Will Levis. How about that? And it's brought to you by Big Orange Phillies right there in North Knoxville. Family friendly and awesome. Two minutes and Jonathan Crompton, former Tennessee quarterback after this. Gary Viles here. I want to personally invite you to North Knoxville's newest sports bar and restaurant. It's Big Orange Phillies, located in Black Oak Center. And yes, folks, it's happening in halls. Big Orange Phillies offers family-friendly environment with homemade meals and the best deli South subs around. Billiards, darts, jukebox, shuffleboard, and cornhole, and a full bar. We also offer valet parking on weekends and during special events. We even have a covered back patio. It's happening at Big Orange Phillies. We want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. Dare to compare. This is Al's Disc Barbecue Supply, so come on in and see all the different rubs and sauces we have, plus a complete line of Green Mountain Grills. Don't be overwhelmed. We have plenty of help so you can produce the best barbecue in a maze for your family and friends. Barbecue is America's food, and we'll do what we can to bring you all the best products. We're Al's Nest Barbecue, but Chattanooga goes to grill.
Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get to Vasty Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasty, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero Turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Bassies, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Bassie Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. We do our research. Have you done your research? We're working like heck. Today's tough question. What's the real debate? You sipping my soup, eh, Guadalupe? Exclusively on Off the Hook Sports with Dave Hooker and Amanda LaFrada. You drinking my sake, Kimosabi? Oh my God. All righty, here we go. The man joins us, Jonathan Prompton, former Tennessee quarterback. It gets no better. Jonathan, how are you, sir? I'm good. How are you doing today? Never better. So I thought I would just lead you in before we get to get yeah. <laughs> Scary. Before we get to some thoughts on Will Levis, and I know Amanda has a ton of questions to ask you, and so do I. But I thought we'd just lead it in with today's tough question so we can go ahead and set this up. And it's brought to you by Zul Beer Company, Zul Beer Company, XULbeer.com, the official craft beer of off the hook sports. So, Amanda, the question, uh, however you want to phrase it, around a score prediction, I guess we could say Tennessee wins by 10-plus, Tennessee wins by 20-plus, Kentucky wins. You you phrase it however you want to. And as you do that, I'll ask Jonathan Crompton right off the top, how do you see this game uh, playing out before we we break down some of the intricacies? Um, Obviously, I've got us winning. um, But if I'm Kentucky – to me, they're – I'm not going to say only chance because their defense has to play really well against us. But to me, the deciding factor for Kentucky would be can they play ball control? Can they get into two and three tight end sets? And can they milk the clock the whole game to keep us off the field? If we're on the field, we score a lot of points, right? Everybody knows that. Kentucky's coaches are not dumb in, in that sense. They've got to play lights out on defense, and I think they know that. So the way sometimes in games like this, your best defense is a good offense. If they keep us off the field, we can't score. So that would be kind of – I'm interested to see on what they do offensively. Do they come out and try to run their normal spread and then three tight ends and blah, 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 or do they just say, screw you guys, we're going to play heavy the whole game? Um, that being said, I still have us winning by double digits. I do too. Um, so, Amanda, how do you want to phrase the question for our prediction on today's tough question brought to you by Azul Beer Company? I have what will be the outcome of the Tennessee versus Kentucky game? Kentucky wins by more than 10. Kentucky wins by less than 10. Tennessee wins by more than 10. And Tennessee wins by less than 10. Love it. So, I think we'll get, I, I think Tennessee gets Cedric Tillman back this week. Uh, I, that's that's what I've heard. I'm not reporting this. I don't know. Yeah. But Jonathan, let me let me ask you this: When you bring a guy back in, he may be. I, I think Brew McCoy probably has the greatest upside. But nevertheless, Cedric Cedric Tillman is the most accomplished of the receivers pre the past couple of weeks with Jalen. When you bring a guy in, no matter how good he is, is there a transition period? 
of getting him back into the game that could upset Flo a little bit just because he hadn't been around a while? Um, typically there could be a little bit, but if it's a, you know, you're returning number one, <laughs> not really the biggest factor is the speed of our offense <clears throat> and him getting back into game shape of that. I mean, you can mimic that all day long. There's, it's still not the same until you get into the game with the crowd and the emotions all flowing all at once. It's a different feel. So that would be. To me, ideal we could get him back this week to get him ready for next week as well because you want him down the stretch. <clears throat> Excuse me, you want him down the stretch. You want him back earlier um, if possible. But there will be a little bit of fatigue by him because, I mean, we, we play so fast offensively that he's not – like I said, you can't mimic game reps. You can do all you want. You can condition all you want. There's still just something different about the game rep and then the mental capacity to deal in or to deal with it when you're tired and the crowd's chanting and all that stuff. So I think that's going to be the biggest factor. We, uh, we talked about the treatment of quarterbacks. And again, you know this more than anybody. And I think we touched on this last time, but now we've seen Will Levis get more beaten up and more hurt and go into the, the locker room and come out a new person, basically. So I think it's very clear that Kentucky – is willing to sacrifice Will oh, Levis yeah. a bit to win those. Games. <laughs> oh, yeah. You think that'll be a factor in this game? <laughs> I, yes, I, I definitely do. Um, and I'm curious as how much it is Kentucky willing to sacrifice him, or he's just trying to get that tough guy persona. We've all played with those people that are like, "Oh, well, I'm gonna, I'm, I want, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm tough." Everybody's tough when you're playing football. I mean, you know what I mean? You're physically trying to harm the other person. Well, except, except for kickers. But anyway. Oh, yeah. There's some kickers that are sick. Pat McAfee, you ain't messing with him. No, you know I'm not messing with him. Like, there are some kickers and punters that are just like jacked. And you're like, okay. You can Wisconsin. Play like just because you're flexible, you got a strong leg. So I always you're a kicker, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but so that that's kind of my thing is like, I'm curious. Because you're Amanda, you're 100 right. It does seem like Kentucky's willing to just say, "Hey, well, just screw your bodily harm for the next 30 years. We want to win now." But it also feels like he loves that tough guy persona. And I'm not hating on that. But at what point is at what point does that stop being the number one priority, right? And I'm not saying go out there and fake an injury. But this is where I go back to. You look at the draft, like the draft boards for quarterbacks. There's no way in hell somebody's going to convince me that he is a top 10 quarterback. Now, I tell you, maybe top 10 because the the draft class is kind of weak. Yeah. But he is not a top five quarterback to me. Do I think he's a phenomenal athlete? Yes. Do I think he can throw the ball through a brick wall? Yes. Do I think that you can tell him to go read a full-filled concept and make the touch ball to a check down? Not a chance in hell. And that is not a slight. That just means he's going to throw it 100 miles an hour no, no matter who he's throwing it to. That's not a top five quarterback to me. So with that being the case, Kentucky does thrive off of him. That's why I also believe, and I could be wrong, that they do try to play the ball controls. I saw somebody comment earlier, oh, well, if they play ball control, it hurts them too. Yes, but it also keeps the ball out of our hands and it lets him stop taking as many hits because he's going to take some hits. He does some dumb things. He holds the ball way too long. 
and that's going to play a factor. So that's where we want Jeremy Banks to just go light him up within the whistle, no rough in the passer, and make him feel it. We do a good job of that this year. We didn't last year. So I do think that that will play a factor that Kentucky is just almost reckless abandonment with their quarterback on how he gets treated with the hits. Yep. No, I agree. If you have a question for Jonathan, you, you want to post it on the message board, go ahead and do that. Former ball Jonathan Crompton. Nice <laughs> to join us each and every Friday. I talked to Cooper Mays each Sunday. Uh, please like subscribe and share. And that is on our YouTube page as we speak. And I noticed a big difference with, with Cooper from the previous week, you know, obviously playing UT Martin and playing Alabama. Those are two way different things. But the other thing that he said, I, I said, you know, it, it seems like you you feel great. This is right before we started recording. And I said, how much of that is is the opponent? You had to play less than 50 plays. He said, that's a big part of it. But he also said a big part of it is not getting hurt early in the year. You've been there getting hurt early in the year. How in the world are you supposed to ever get healthy again? Because he never he never was able to last year. Admittedly. Yeah. I mean, and I know it sounds awful, but that's just what it is. And that's where a man, his question was so good about Will Levis. He's not going to get healthy the rest of this year. There's nothing he can do to get healthy because the way you get healthy, R&R, rest and recovery. In the in season, they don't give you time to rest and recover. You can't. So that's where, like for us, staying healthy, and it was almost a godsend that we had UT Martin last week before this little stretch because that helped our guys get out of the game early, right? Go stand over there and cheer because that is a big thing. And look at Alabama the past, what, 15 years. They always play Western Carolina or UT Chattanooga the week before the Iron Bowl. Hmm. That is a strategy move. I understand why they do it. Everybody hates on it, and I'm one of them. But if you think about it for the long, long term, long haul of the season, it makes the most sense. You got to keep guys healthy early because you're going to get banged up in the middle at some point. You're playing in the SEC. Doesn't matter. You're going to get banged up. John, I'll go back even further. In the mid 90s, Florida always played like the University of Southwest Missouri, Annapolis, Texas, AM. Yep. Slash. I mean, it. there were schools I hadn't heard of. Mm-hmm. So it did two things. It gave them two preseason games. And the other thing it did is if they had players in trouble, which they did quite a bit, they were suspended for those games and not yeah. the Tennessee games. 100%. 100% agree with that. And that's – I think some teams are starting to get away from it a little bit. Not, not fully, but especially with the week one neutral site matchups. Thank God we've gotten away from that because otherwise – Let's call it like it is. A lot of those games aren't that fun to watch from the fans' perspective. Yeah. They're done by way before halftime, latest at halftime, and then you're going, okay, what what do we watch now, right? So I'm, I am glad they've gotten away from it. But to Cooper's point, man, it, staying healthy in this sport, one, is super tough, especially with the O-line, D-line position. But if you can stay as healthy as possible with our type of system – we're running the ball really effectively right now. And the healthier we are down the stretch, the better we're going to be. I mean, it's just – and obviously we need depth, but you're starters for a reason. So we talked about uh, the possibility of seeing Lane Kiffin versus uh, Josh Heupel in the SEC championship. I think after last week, we, we see that's probably not going to happen. 
Yeah. Son of a it, it was it was pretty rough. So what do you think? I know this is off topic, but what do you think LSU's defense was able to do to Ole Miss that they weren't able to do to Tennessee? And what does that mean with Ole Miss beating Kentucky? How how bad do you think Tennessee will beat Kentucky considering it looks like Tennessee's offense is just way better? And, and I mean, that's a great question. And the only thing I can keep coming back to is I think the deciding factor for Kentucky is Kentucky's offense. How do they want to play? If they play balls to the wall, we beat the, we beat them pretty bad. They cannot keep up with us on their defense with what we do offensively and how fast we go. If they try to slow the game down on their offense, it'll keep us off rhythm, keep our guys waiting. The longer our offense is sitting – the, you know, it's like a baseball pitcher. The colder you get in between innings, the less likely you are to go back out there, right? The more likely they're going to bring in a reliever. So you get them off or out of rhythm and kind of, you know, off uh, off track, off subject. And that's where that, – if I'm Kentucky, that's what I'm doing. That's just – but here, if you think about it, they're the only team from here on out that we played that has that ability to go three tight ends and just run the ball. Georgia's three tight ends are not – they're not trying to pound the rock in that way. Kentucky, they have to. That, that's their that's their MO. It's run, 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 play action. So that's why I think this right now is arguably the I wouldn't say the scariest, but every game is the most every the next game is the most crucial game. But this one is really the most crucial game of the season for our defense to bow their neck and show what they can do because we should beat them by 25 points. Keyword should. That doesn't mean we're going to. So I said that I would open it up to questions on the message board. And the very first one, Jonathan, I don't know if you can see it, but this is one heck of a rabbit hole to jump down into. Said Don said, John, I've always been curious. Seeing what Dave Clawson has done at Wake is remarkable. Was it a chemistry thing in 2008 with him and Fulmer? Because you had a complete turnaround in 2009. That is um, the biggest rabbit hole you could jump into. It, it is. It is. And <laughs> I'm grown and old enough to kind of say what I really want to say. But And, and I appreciate a comment earlier that says that Jonathan's just blunt to the point. I have gotten that point older in life because football makes you very – the bad, the bad side of football makes you very uh, harsh. Jaded. Jaded? Yeah, yeah, Jay, that's a perfect word, yes. I think so, that's just life, because I'm jaded as well, and, and, and I didn't and play football. Oh, and, and the funny part is, me and, and me and David became good friends. Me and my wife go to Wake Forest games and watch him and support him, because I love what he does. I love him as a human being. I think it is hard. I think it is very hard to meet a, a more genuine human being than Dave. I really do. And I was also very – scarred and jaded at the time when I was 20 years old and I was like man screw everybody blah 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 because you don't know the behind the scenes stuff and I'm not going to say a lot of the behind closed doors deals but just understand he is one hell of a football coach and if you want to look at look at Wake Forest athletic director look at Wake Forest football coach where did they come from right and look at Wake Forest basketball coach who used to be at the University of Tennessee as well. Wake Forest does um, a lot of a lot of really good things that people tried to say that when they were at Tennessee they were 
the worst things in sliced bread, blah, blah, blah. The common denominator was one human being, if you can read between the lines of that. And now look at the success when they're not around said individual. And I will be a Dave Clawson and a Wake Forest fan because of John Curry and Dave Clawson, as long as they're there. Um, because of the human being factor. It is not always about wins and losses. Understand, we're in a competitive environment. Got to win. Got You got to win more than you lose. But they understand that if you develop great young men and build relationships with them and care about them and their family and their upbringing and how they raise their next family, you build relationships. That stuff didn't happen at the University of Tennessee. That's that's And that's why I'm a Wake Forest fan as well. And I think uh, you may be referring to somebody whose name rhymes with Billups. But anyway, um, the the one thing I will give Dave Clawson a lot of credit for, okay, because I thought at the time that was a bad hire. And then we'll get back to Kentucky. And the reason I thought it was a bad hire is because I, th- I thought that the flip-flopping of offensive lines, if, I'm sure you remember that, when they, they would take – Oh, I had conversations with him about it. Yeah. And and he has put that he realized that that was not good, and he doesn't do that anymore, right? No, oh no. So, I mean, he learned. But my thinking was going in. You've got a former offensive line coach, and then you've got this guy who wants to flip flop offensive lines. That chemistry is never going to work, and it never did. And I don't. I don't think you're wrong on that by any means. Um, like I said, there was a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff that was behind closed doors that I will not say that happened and the older you get on our side as the players and their side as the coaches you kind of learn from your mistakes if you don't learn from it then it wasn't a it wasn't a good mistake if you learn from it it was a phenomenal mistake and Dave has done nothing but tremendous things since he left there agreed you know what I'm saying at Bowling Green like everywhere he's been he's done tremendous things and has built the team's character built the community around the team and understands what it is to to be human, to be dealing with 18 to 21 year olds and letting them be themselves right within the system. And that that's what I wish things would have been different because when I say one of the best humans, I genuinely mean he is one of the best human beings I've ever met. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's pretty phenomenal. I, I remember he won me over when he referred to G-Gun, uh, when Gerald Jones ran out of the Wildcat package and John Adams and I named that on the radio. And he actually used that phrase, which was a big deal to us. And I can remember somebody that rhymes with Billup asked me, where did that come from? And I said, John Adams made it up. He goes, that was not a happy moment after practice. Sorry, man, to go right ahead. That was oh, you're- just reminiscing, reminiscing on the good days. I mean, that was, I mean, for for him to pick up on that from John. Yeah, I mean, you know, John Adams very mm-hmm. critical at the time of the program and critical of somebody that rhymes with Philip. But for him to pick that up, for Dave to pick up the G gun out of the paper and actually use that, it was, uh, it was, uh, it was one of the special moments of my career. Oh yeah, I, I can definitely imagine. Um... Because it because it riled somebody up that, but 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 notice what you're saying though that and that's the stuff that was more important to the program than the actual program, right? And and I'm not I'm not talking bad. I'm just stating facts. It right, and it partly riled. I got riled up by that person because 
of the way some people were treated, you included. So I will just put that to bed and I will, I don't do agenda stuff. And um, that's where I stand on that. That's why I'm a big fan of John and what he went through, which um, there's a lot behind the scenes that he's not going to share. And I've, I've agreed not to share. And it was pretty rough for a long time. So I'm sorry, Amanda. I don't know how you possibly transitioned that to your question, but go for it. So speaking of really rough. Um, <laughs> oh, no. I love it. Penn State has a game against Ohio State. We talk about Hendon Hooker and the Heisman, and everyone says it's C.J. Stroud's award to lose and yada, yada, yada. From just an X's and O's kind of perspective and being that kind of you know quarterback, can you give me a, just a general view of what you think of C.J. Stroud? I'm not the biggest fan. I'll just go ahead and let you know that. Um, but give me like a comparison between Hendon and Stroud and why you think one should win over the other. Oh, God, how much time do we have? Um, here's the hard part. And so I'm going to answer this also with a question I saw about who should be number one coming, like, in when the polls come out. If you look, the college football playoff is about best four teams, right? That's right. the definition, best four. If you look at Tennessee's resume, and this is not because it's University of Tennessee, if you look at their resume, the only team to beat – what, four ranked teams, the last three games have been ranked opponents, blah, 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 right? Or sorry, outside of UT Martin, but Florida, LSU, Bama. That being the case, look at Ohio State's schedule. Mm -hmm. Look at the – and I'm not – the kids can't – they can't help it. It's not – they are not the ones that schedule. That might be – in Power Five, that might be the biggest cupcake of a, of a schedule – that I've seen in a long time this year. Now, good for them for doing what they're supposed to do and winning the games by a lot, blah, 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 right? But Notre Dame turned out to be not so great of a win. And it's funny that Notre Dame turned out not to be so great of a win. Our LSU is turning into be a better win than I first said it would be. Right. Which is surprising to me because I was like, after the game, I was like, LSU's trash. Like, it is what it is. It's not that great of a win. And now I'm like, ooh, hold on. I'm not saying it's a top five win, but now it's turning into be a more legitimate win. Notre Dame for Ohio State's turning into being a very sub mediocre win. And so they're only ranked opponents that they're going to play that are legitimate are Michigan and Penn State. And that is it. Nobody else. So I'm saying that to say I if I'm voting, that hurts CJ. Because they don't they're they're not playing top tier competition. You better put up a lot of stats. You better put up gaudy numbers. And I but I also said last week when we played UT Martin. The Heisman is about wow factor nowadays. Used to not necessarily be, but wow factor. How big are your stats? How how much, you know, did you blow people out? Blah, blah, blah. So Hendon coming out in the first half last week and only throwing for like 250, I say only. Um, I think that may have hurt him in the long run because Ohio State's going to leave him in and run it up. Right? They're going to they're gonna get his stats up. So I do think it hurts him. I don't think it should. But we're doing things better in the sense of getting them out when they need to be out, beating the ranked teams we sh that we need to, to beat, and actually playing a hard schedule. So if it's me, I give the edge to Hennon because of those. But I don't think the, the people voting will give that edge to them because it's Ohio State and it's the wow factor. They've been there. They've been, you know, a longer-term pedigree than we have lately. 
I don't think it's fair, but I think that's what would what would be happening. Well, there's there there is zero question that Tennessee should be ranked. If it's if it is based on your body of work, they should be ranked in the college football playoff ahead. No, they should be number one. Yeah. Even ahead of Georgia, if you look at resume. Yes. Now, obviously, obviously, next week, this week and next week will play a big factor in that. But if it were to come out right this second, and I've seen so many people say this week, if you go by resume, it's not even close. No. And it comes out Tuesday. The first one comes out Tuesday. And you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and I hate to say it, and this is not an Ohio State hate comment, but Ohio State should be like seven, eight, or nine if you're going by resume. Mm-hmm. Yep. BCU should be above them. Okay. I mean, let's look at, for those that don't follow us closely. Let's look real quick at Ohio State. Okay, so they beat Notre Dame, who at the time was ranked five, but now Notre and, Dame. And put a, and, but here's a, and put a very yeah. lackluster performance together. And lackluster, and Notre Dame's four and three. And I can tell you, no offense to the head coach at Notre Dame, I didn't think that was a good hire at the time because he was a he was a players coach. I've been told by multiple people in the coaching community that's not going to work out. Nevertheless, so Ohio State. They lost to Marshall. Just Notre yeah. Dame lost to Marshall. Yeah. So they're now, yeah, they're now sitting at four and three. So I, I think I think my sources were right on that one. We'll see. They And then Ohio State, getting back to Ohio State, they beat Arkansas State 45-12 to Alito, 77-21. I mean, what's even the point of beating an in-state school like that? I don't know. Wisconsin, 52-21. Uh, to 21. Uh, who's having their issues? Rutgers, well, and, but the, and the thing is, people go preseason with Wisconsin. They've already fired their coach for God's sake. Yeah, I know. So, yeah. and then Rutgers, forty-nine to ten. What's a Rutgers? Michigan State, forty-nine to twenty. But in Michigan State's having their woes. Yeah, they are. They are. They. I mean, I, I, I was really surprised that Mel Tucker got that that kind of contract. Uh, I thought he had a good year last year. And then Iowa, who seems to be having a total meltdown. Uh, yeah i mean that is i mean if i mean literally john i'm not exaggerating if tennessee played that schedule and wanted to could they average 80 points a game if they really yeah foot to the foot to the pedal the entire four quarters well yeah i mean think about it even with the schedule that we have now we're averaging 45 (laughs) and that's playing alabama lsu Florida, right? Like it's not, it's not a, it's not a fluff. Yeah, Pitt. So think about we've the ranked teams that we have already played: Pitt, Florida, uh, LSU, Bama, and then it's coming up Kentucky, Georgia. I mean, that's over half. That's half your schedule that are going to be in the top twenty-five. Ohio State, that ain't happening that way. South Carolina, they've made the top twenty-five too. So just FYI. No so, one does that. Honestly, if, if they win a game or two, they might still be in the top 25 when we play them. That'll be seven to eight teams out of 12 that are ranked. And that's all that's all I'm saying is like Ohio State is Ohio State until they're not. But their resume is the only reason or their schedules year in, year out are only reason they're Ohio State. Yep. You know what I mean? Like it's just to me, this is what it is. That's very, very true. I mean Okay, so I see, and I'm jumping ahead, but I've I've called Tennessee beating Georgia, you know, and I, I understand everyone's nervous about that game, but everybody was also nervous about the Alabama game and thought that they were going to get beat, and, and that didn't happen. If I had to choose between Hendon Hooker and Stetson Bennett, if I had to choose between Georgia's offense and 
Tennessee's offense, I would take Tennessee all day, like all day, hands down, wouldn't matter. What do you feel as Tennessee is now that game? How do you feel that that is going to play out? I know you can't obviously see the future, but Um, what do you see as a possibility of Tennessee winning that game? Very high. Um, Sorry, I got a spider. I got to kill. Hold on. Yeah. Oh, they're good though. Okay, come back. Sorry, that was quick. Oh. Um, eh, sorry, little guy. Yeah. Um, the judge, jury, executioner, right there. It happened, and it, it took less than a second. That's it, it called my eye, and I was like, ah, oh, crap. I was hoping it was going to crawl toward me. It didn't. All right, so sorry. Um, I do think that we give Georgia the biggest fit that they've played all year. I think a game changer. Um. What's that kid's name? Number zero, the big six, eight, six, nine tight end, LeBron James looking dude. Um, for Georgia, I cannot remember his name. Is it Washington, maybe? Or which position again? I'm sorry, John. Tight end. Tight end. Tight end, number zero. Oh, yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. I'll, I'll he, figure out his name. He is to me, he's the wild factor because dude is just a freak, freak athlete at his size, and he's matched up on a linebacker. I think that is a huge matchup to watch in that game. Um, Bowers, I'll, I'll see somebody said Bowers. No, Bowers is Bowers is great, but Bowers, we can still match up with a DB or a, a linebacker. Washington, it doesn't matter who you are. You ain't matching up with him size-wise. He is a mismatch all day long. So, to me, that's going to be a big, big, big matchup to watch personally. But I just don't think that their defense is ready for what – what we do, but if if people are going to sit here and think that Kirby's not calling Nick and going, hey, it's Washington. Hey, hey, what 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 can what can I do to stop blah 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 blah? Then we're wrong because there that phone call will happen. Well, according according to Pro, Pro Football Focus, Georgia has three tight ends going into the seasons that that were among the top fifteen. That's pretty crazy and unheard of. So that's going to be a challenge for Tennessee's defense, but. It sounds like we're having a realistic conversation and we're allowed to get ahead of ourselves. Hendon Hooker and Jacob Warren and Cooper Mays aren't, but it sounds like we're having a realistic conversation here. And uh, on our YouTube page, John Adams picked Tennessee not only to win this weekend, but to beat Georgia and to beat Alabama again. It sounds like we're having the real conversation that Tennessee might be the best team in the nation. Literally. And I've said it because just because of resume, um, and I've also said this not like publicly, but just to some of my friends. If we if we screw around and win this week and next week, we're going twelve and zero because the rest of our schedule. No doubt. And and it's not a slight on anybody else we're playing. But if we win this week and next week, we'll we'll screw around and go twelve and zero. And at that point, it doesn't matter what would happen in Atlanta. You're in the playoff. Doesn't matter. You're twelve and zero. If you go right. get beat, you're not going to drop from one to five. You'll go one to three, maybe. The only people that would drop out of the top four are teams number three and or four if they lose. But if you go as an SEC team at 12 and 0, you're you're gonna be number one. Just what it is. Like it doesn't matter Ohio State, Michigan, Southern Cal, right? Old school Miami. If you're an SEC team that is 12 and 0 playing in Atlanta, you're the number one team. It's just what it is. Yeah, that's very true. I I see Tennessee winning out and being 12 and 0. That the 
The one game I think is a hiccup will be facing Alabama again, if Alabama makes it, which I, I'm pretty sure that they probably will, um, facing Alabama again in Atlanta. Uh, even though if Tennessee even loses that game, I think it depends on how close of a game it is as to where, you know, who drops out basically. Well, yeah. Georgia be one loss and drop, you know, out of the top four or what have you. We talked Wait, about Ohio State. Are we are we under the assumption they beat so they beat Georgia? So yes. If they beat Georgia and lose to Alabama, I think they're definitely in. No, right? but, but but this is the conversation I've been having with a lot of people. This is why the, champ- the the championship weekend is pointless now. It's so pointless. It's just an extra game for money. And I say yeah. that because, say, if we're there at 12-0, we're in regardless if we win or lose. So why even play the goddamn game? It's almost turned into the SEC basketball tournament, and that's yeah. Okay. No, and you know, and, but it's but it's the same thing with the Big Ten. If a Big Ten team is undefeated, whoever wins Ohio State, Michigan at the end of the year, whoever wins that's going to Indianapolis. If they're 12 and 0, they're in regardless. So why are they playing? It became yeah. pointless when the committee let Alabama in without playing in Atlanta and when they let Ohio State in without playing in Indianapolis. That is instantly when the college football conference championship weekends became pointless because they proved they were they proved they would let teams in that didn't even play there. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. I think it also <laughs> depends. Go ahead. I'm just coughing. Oh, okay. I think it also depends on, honestly, what I think the college football committee would would try to do is if I know that they say we don't go off of, you know, past years and all that stuff. Well, that's, I think that's That's BS because you put your blue bloods in there. If you can, if it's Mm -hmm. a possibility, you go out after Mm -hmm. what they did last year, last season, or how good they were last, last year. And I know they say they don't, but I think that's complete BS. Yes. But the only way I see Tennessee not making it, if they go 12-0 and and if they go to the SEC championship, if Alabama was to beat them by a significant amount, and I don't think that would happen. But if Alabama – still say they're in, though. That's the thing. You still think they go. If you're you're, – because here's the reason why. Who are you going to jump them with? Because if if it's a 12-0 – and your only loss is in the conference championship game, and they don't let you in, and you're number one, it'll implode the whole system because of what they've done and the, how they how they've proven they'll play it. It's just Georgia was in last year, no matter what happened. Clemson has always when they went undefeated the ACC championship game, they were in no matter the outcome because if you don't let the number one team, if you're going to tell me that a team's going to drop from one to five because of the championship weekend and let a team that did not play in an end, it'll implode the whole system. Yeah, I, I'll go ahead and tell you the team that's going to get in that shouldn't. Clemson. Uh, yep, no doubt about it. They should not be there. And that is not that is not a slide on them. They can play with anybody defensively. They cannot play with anybody offensively. Their offense is stupidly predictable. It is, like, atrociously predictable. They don't let DJ go through any reads. It's just – it's not fun to watch. Now, you watch them defensively and you go, whoo, damn, they're good. But they should not be there. Great. I mean, no. they still have Notre Dame and they have South Carolina. And I know South Carolina is not that great. I get that. But, I mean, there's still – there's still some hiccups. If Clemson's not – 
I mean, they barely, they barely beat Syracuse and probably shouldn't have. If they should not have. They were not the better team. Well, and he's, yeah. I mean, you have a quarterback issue for goodness sake. So if you're, that's another factor that can come into this decision with the college football playoff. If I've got a team and I'm trying to put together the best TV product, okay, and I got a team in Clemson with a quarterback issue, I, I would have no issue whatsoever if I'm on that committee putting. If, if things – okay, worst-case scenario for Tennessee, John, is they they um, they lose to uh, Georgia and then Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC championship game. Then Tennessee is going to be the odd man out. They're going to be the number five team, guaranteed. I don't like it, but I think that's well, – I mean, And that's what I've said before – I earlier was saying the best case scenario is go 11 and 1 and not play in Atlanta because we'd get him. But if we go 11 and 1 and don't play in Atlanta, I'm afraid we're going to be the 03 Auburn mm-hmm. and be the the best team in the country and get left out. I think I think that's what'll happen. I'll tell you what I would do if I I, I like to think of, of myself as being able to produce decent content. If I were the college football playoff and their first selection comes out, I would make Tennessee number one. Because well, yeah, one fan buzz. Well, yeah, because that 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 TV show, that college football playoff committee, that's a TV show. Okay, that is it doesn't matter. I mean, at the end of the day, it's the four teams at the, after the season is over. So that's a TV show. So if you want to create fan buzz, put Ohio State at four, put Tennessee at number one, put uh, Georgia at number two, put whoever at Clemson at number three. Then you create some fan buzz, and I don't think they'll do that though. I think they'll take. I mean, you, dude, here's the thing: you could argue, you could legitimately argue because remember, playoff is definition is the best four teams. Does not matter conference. You could argue Clemson one, Georgia two, Ohio State three, Bama four. You could argue that, and then you got Michigan and Clemson on the outside looking in. Now that would cause a lot of controversy, but remember definition. Best four teams doesn't say conference this conference that ball. It is the best four teams. Wait, so review for, your top four. You put them in twice. Tennessee one, Georgia okay, two, Ohio State three, Bama four. Yes, because Bama you put with Clemson a one better than Clemson, no doubt. Michigan's better than Clemson, so they would be five. <clears throat> Ohio State's better than Michigan right now, so that's why they would be in. And then the other best, the three other best teams are Tennessee, Georgia, Bama. At this moment, that's just kind of what it is. I mean, Bama's only got one loss, and it's to Tennessee, so it's not like they're slouches. No, right? It was a and it was a close game. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, we all saw it. It's a very, very, very close game. Yeah, so it's so not it's like, like they, they're deserving to at least be in that talk as well. <clears throat> so, if you're going by that definition of the college football playoff, there's a legit three SEC teams that have a chance to be in that conversation. They'll never let it happen. No. But but if you go by definition, they should talk about it. No. And they're not going to take three SEC teams based off everybody that I've talked to, which... No. No, it, it'll never happen. No. Yeah. But it's... It probably should. I mean, yeah. things play out, and we don't know what's going to happen. I mean, Bryce Young could decide that he's had enough of college football and wants to go pro, and then things change. But, I mean, all kinds of weird things could happen. But based off what I've seen so far right now, if I were to rank the teams with no preconceived preseason notion whatsoever, 
it's hard for me not to put Tennessee at number one. It's impossible for me not to put Tennessee at number one. Well, if we're not going on preseason rankings, then you're right. Ohio State's going to be like six, maybe seven for me. Like they're not in the top four if we're going if we're not going off a of preseason, but only because of who they've played. I agree. I um, agree. And the thing is, I'm not going to sit here and say that Michigan's going to be up there, but at least Michigan's played Penn State already. Yep. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Michigan is. Now they play this weekend, but I'm just saying if we're going as of right now. So, it, to me, it's if you're the first one, as long as we do what we're supposed to do this weekend, we should keyword should come as the first number one team because that means we'll have already had five ranked teams already. Yeah. Beating five ranked teams, like not slouch ranked teams either. I, uh, John, I'm the old fuddy duddy. Um, I don't like messing with the helmets. Do you like the dark helmets? I love them. Freaking love it. I knew you. And all, I don't know why, but it just, there's just something, man, I, I could, cause I remember the moment of when we came back in the locker room and changing into the black Jersey. Now ours was a spur of the moment. Here's so, we, that. so we didn't get, we, so we didn't, I'm saying we didn't get the whole full garment of black. We just had the jerseys that legit y- y'all should see mine. It literally looks like a middle school Jersey because Lane was like, screw you guys fire me. If you want to fire me, but the, the kids want the black Jersey and we ordered them on Wednesday. Yeah, go actually wow. before I let you go, and I'm sorry to keep you this long. Before I let you go, go through that night because you had players go out there in warm ups that were wearing yeah. white jerseys. And then I, I remember seeing one player sneak out of the tunnel and look around, and he had a black jersey on. I don't know if he was looking to see if his parents made it to the game or what, but it was like, I was like, holy gravy. And I lost a lot of respect for a couple of different people that lied to me from the administration standpoint. But anyway, um, just talk about how that night unfolded and how yeah. you guys looked like you were wearing white and then you came out in black. Well, it's funny because so during the week, we're all like, man, it's Halloween. Let's wear black, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, they told me we can't. And, you know, we're college kids. We're like, man, making a big ruckus in the team meeting room. Oh, my God, everybody's screaming and yelling at him. And he calls everybody down and he goes, you know what? You know, I'm going to be censored. So he says, screw it. Read between the lines. They can fire me. And we're like, okay, cool, you know, whatever. That's the last we heard of it. We go to the hotel Friday night, eat dinner, go to our meetings, eat dinner, go to our snack after meetings. And then he calls everybody back in the meeting room. And he has EB walk out in a black jersey. And we're like, this son of a gun did it. And the place, at that point, we're like, they have no chance. And he was like, everybody shut up. Don't tell anybody. And told us what we were doing. And we're like, okay, so we go out in all orange. And he was like, we're going to speed up pregame warm-ups. You're going to come back in, and your black jersey is going to be waiting. We're like, all right, bet. So we go back in, and the captains are about to go out. And he goes, nope, nobody's going out. And we're like, but we got to do the coin toss. He's like, nobody's going out. Mm. I'm giving this away. We're going to walk out in the tunnel. And as soon as we walk in, man, I get goosebumps remembering this moment. As soon as we walk out in the tunnel and the place erupted, we're like, South Carolina screwed. There's nothing they can do. They will never have a chance in this ball game. And that was honestly, that's – that's probably the one ball game as long as I've ever played that you knew instantly before the game that they were automatically beat. And it's hard to say, even against like a UT Martin, it's hard to sit there and ever say this game is legitimately over before we've ever even done a coin toss. And yeah. that was that one game. 
John, you know what's so funny that, about that story? Lane is probably the only guy in Division One coaching that would have done that, A. And B, would have messed with your your pregame, which mm-hmm. is so important to most coaches. You have to do the same yeah. thing every week to mess with that. I didn't know that part of it. That Oh, yeah. And th- oh. what made it even more remarkable is we changed. So we used it before Lane. We'd get to the stadium like two and a half hours before the game. There's a lot of time to kill. Lane was like, we're not doing that. I'm not letting anybody, you know, just essentially screw around too much, overthink, sit around, have nothing to do. We got to the stadium an hour 50 before the games. Like, <laughs> I remember which, that. Which was, as players, we liked it, though. It was just, hey, let's go, short sweet to the point, get there, get dressed, go throw the ball around a little bit, go get stretched, come right back in, instantly go out for warm-ups. Like, there was no lag time. And so that made that one a little more challenging. So we kind of cut – We it wasn't noticeably – shorter for the the fans but like every period because you know you do pat and go you do stretch you do uh one-on-ones you do seven on seven you do team all that stuff each one was like a minute and a half shorter right it was just enough to like give us time inside because what people got to realize is the linemen's jerseys the receivers jerseys the d-line linebackers all that stuff their jerseys are taped underneath so they yeah. had to so they what they the tapes already on there is double sided tape. So as soon as they took off their old jersey, they had to undo the tape and get their new jersey on, which is extremely hard, by the way, getting a jersey on over tape. So it took us a little time. And man, as soon as we walked down that tunnel, that game was done. And the only thing we wished, we wished we would have been able to have black pants. And then wearing a last year, I'm like, oh, that looks really good with the white helmet. Dude, that black helmet's just sick. I don't care. I mean, it's just I agree. If they don't do this, I will, I will be very upset. Compliance was in the locker room with us. And Lane looks at everybody and goes, send me the bill. Take your jersey home. Don't care how illegal it is. Y'all better take y'all's jerseys. Y'all can send me the bill. So what I'm saying is I hope they let these kids keep these helmets because there's a chance that the helmet's never worn again. We don't know. Right. I hope they let them keep the helmet, keep the jersey, and do that stuff. And just we just put ours in our bag after the game because we knew they weren't the compliance was not going to let us get them. Good stuff, man. I appreciate you. Uh, have a great uh, weekend, and we will talk to you soon. That's that's gold. I appreciate it, buddy. I appreciate it, guys. Y'all have a good one. Jonathan Bronson joining us uh, in part brought to you by nutrition world nutrition world and their e-commerce store that's where you need to be because nutrition world has the best supplements and you don't want to go out there to one of those acronym stores and you're like oh well i'll just get this supplement they tell you just this might work well no at nutrition world you're able to order exactly what you want what you know you need and you know that it's high quality nutritionw.com again nutritionw.com Dot com. Coach Lance has been very patient. I apologize. That story was absolutely gold. Back in two minutes, Coach Lance, we give stuff away. So hang tight. She's Amanda LaFrod. I'm Dave Oker. Gary Viles here, Viles Automotive on Callahan Drive. I've been selling cars here in East Tennessee for 27 years. In that time, I've come to realize it's not about the car. It's about you, the customer. So I'm here to take care of you just like family. Good credit, bad credit, you name it, we can get you taken care of. If we don't have it, we can find it for you. We go across the country to get any vehicle that you want. And here at Viles Automotive, we don't believe in fake numbers. 
we just give you great deals. And as always, we want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get the Vasti Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasti, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero Turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Vassy's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Vassy Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. This is Steve Rain. I own the Midnight Oil and Michelin Tire Direct service station here in Ottawa. It's not a fancy place, never has been. But it's a clean place with clean restrooms and good folks who work here. We sell gas, fix cars, nothing glamorous, but we love what we do, and we're going to keep doing it for a long time to come. There's not many real service stations left, and that's a shame. We're the guys just like the guys back in your hometown. We'll fix your tire, change your oil, and put a new set of Michelins on your car. If you want a Twinkie, you'll just have to keep on going. Thanks for the business. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. Dare to compare. He is the king of rock, America's coach, Coach Lance, to join us. His appearance brought to you in part by our friends at Pedigo Chattanooga. Pedigo Chattanooga with the e-bikes is absolutely fantastic, and you know you're going to get great service. They're locally owned. Great way to tour around town. Don't buy some other e-bike out there that you're not going to get service with. There's all kinds of bad ones out there. If you just go e-commerce, go Pedigo with Chattanooga. And the e-bikes are the coolest things in the world. They are super sweet. Coach Lance joins us now. He is America's coach. He is rocking the hooker shirt. He is rocking a beard, too. What's what's going on with that? The beard is back, baby. I had somebody come up to me yesterday and said, uh, why don't you have a beard? I was like, that's a weird question. And, um, you know, you either you make that choice, but it's it's weird. I don't have one. Yeah, no. What? Amanda, why don't you have a beard? So it was a very odd question. And he said, well, you need a beard because you've lost weight. And now you look like you've lost too much weight. And I thought to myself, (laughs) where where are we in America where I mean, if you do my BMI chart and all that, I'm average to fat and. I'm like, where are we in America where you have to grow a beard to mask the fact that you've lost weight? That's interesting. Yeah. We're at McDonald's. We're at McDonald's. We're we're at McDonald's getting double orders because they took away the upsize. Um, Amanda. Yeah. Amanda has, uh, I don't think you care that I I share. Amanda has been, uh, doing some trimming and she didn't need to but amanda where's your beard i want the damn beard 
<laughs> uh, I, I've tried to grow one. Um, I put fertilizer on my face. Nothing, nothing's doing. So wow. I just have to go no beard. No beard <laughs> November. No beard November. No beard November. I like it. Well, I had to grow this beard because um as you know, I'm 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 an actor as well. So I'm I'm in a I'm in a film next month and they need a oh. beard. That's really fast. Good for you being able to grow it that fast. Yes. Boom. Just started just started yesterday and uh it just popped up. You started yesterday. Incredible. It's what like, movie are you in? Are you the new Spider-Man? Are you multiverse old Spider-Man? I can't tell been you. Putting it out there for like a hot minute, Dave. Marvel has been kept me quiet on it. So yeah, no, it's a film called It's All Right Now. And it shoots in uh Birmingham, Alabama. So I'll be down there for a few days. People can uh, actually donate to it if they like, because it's a crowdfunded uh, film, but it's very exciting. I'm very excited to be in it, but I got to have a beard and the hair has got to be long, which is why I'm wearing a hat because you don't need to see it right now. What kind of part do you play? It's a supporting role, but I play um, kind of a deadbeat dad. So it'll be uh, just like a regular day for me. Uh, just, you know, wearing the, uh, they call the, the wife beaters, I think is the improper term, uh, and, uh, smoking cigs, drinking Miller lights, um, and just not being a great dad. So that's the, uh, dramatic role that I get to play. So evidently beard, nothing screams deadbeat dad like beard. Is that the thing? Well, it takes place in the 1970s. So I'm probably going to end up shaving some of this and I might end up with like a, I can't do it like a mustache, something like that. I can remember one time that there was a team that was in the College World Series referred to, and they referred to themselves as dirt. What just happened? Well, Amanda, we, this is you and me. It's just you and me, Coach Lance. Finally, so we got rid of Dave. Now we well, can... that, that only took how long? Six months, something like several, that? Several. took a long time, but yeah, finally we yeah. can call this the... LaFrada Coach Lance show. Well, that sounds good to me. I enjoy that. I do like the beard though. The beard's nice. Good for you. Thanks. I, I Are you appreciate excited? it. You excited about your, your movie coming up? I'm very excited about it. Yeah. I'll be more excited when it's done and it and I know it looks good and sounds good and, and the story's good. But yes, it's exciting leading up to it. So now Coach Lance, do you have anything, any kind of uh I don't know, inspiration, motivation that you want to give this Tennessee team this weekend mm. up against Kentucky? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, there's things we know about Kentucky. You know, the mm -hmm. state of Kentucky is obviously known for several things. Um, basketball being one of them. Uh, football not being one of them. Um, Inter-family marriages being one of them, uh, I think. Um and I, they are there are blue people yes 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 in fact i'm pretty sure uh when you like if you're dating in kentucky if you log into tinder it takes you directly to ancestor.com so just keeps it quick and easy that way you could just get right to so it you bad. don't have to mess around that is so bad this i'm not gonna last bad. on this show very long all the kentucky fans i'm just kidding um yeah you know i think that um Tennessee's got to keep doing what they're doing. They don't need to change much of anything uh, other than tighten up that secondary. That's, uh, I think, one of our biggest issues, get that secondary tightened up. Having McCullough back is going to be helpful. 
Um, but we need to score a lot of points, which we always do. Make some plays on defense, which we've been doing, and uh, I think we'll be we'll be positioned for a win. I'm thinking at least two touchdowns. Um, I think Kentucky's good. They're good, but they're not um, they're not at Tennessee's level this year. So that's a good thing. I'm I'm, I'm ready. Yeah, I'd agree with that. How do you think that defense is going to work out for Kentucky? I mean, I don't see them being that. Honestly, I don't see them being that great as everyone seems to think that they are. Yeah, I don't. I think they are just better than they have been in the past, and so I think their defense is uh, good. But it's it's just good. They're good enough to to handle offenses like. Um, you know, some of the lower SEC teams, but they will not be able to handle Tennessee's offense. No way. Yeah, I agree. Okay. So somebody on the message board asked a question. So coach Lance, how would you rank Tennessee rivals in order? Oh, I know who, who all you would consider Tennessee rivals. I mean, do you yeah. really think about Vandy? I mean, that's not really a rival. Let's be honest. I know it's unfortunate because it is an in-state rivalry and it could be a lot cooler if, if Vandy wasn't so terrible. So it's true. I think legit rivals. Um, I think the Tennessee Alabama rivalry has always been big. I think it's probably back now. I think for a long time, Florida was our biggest rival uh, and we'll still maintain our rivalry, but at least with them, we would win some um, every now and then. Um, but now that hopefully I think, I think Tennessee Bama is number one and I think Florida is number two. Um, and um, I don't know, Kentucky might be, they might be, uh, might be three. Um, yeah, if Stoops sticks around, but yeah, but Georgia's got to be up there. Yeah, it's it's t- SEC's tough, you know. Unless you like an Auburn, Alabama thing, or you know, up north Ohio State, Michigan. It's you know, if you don't have kind of that one singular rival, you just sort of all the teams that are equally as good as you or better, they're your rival. I think. I think that's true. So let's get to message board bingo. I don't have the music right. bed, so I'm sorry. Oh. Do you want to? Do you want to do a music bed for me? Can you? I was going to ask if you can sing. Will you sing? You don't want that. I don't want that. No one wants that. We can sing Rocket no Top. No, no, no. Thank you. Not, not. <laughs> that's no. It's just a lot to to take in this morning. I understand. A lot at one time. So okay, let's go now, to message Amanda, board. Amanda, everybody knows Amanda is an Alabama fan. Everybody knows that, right? Like you've made that pretty clear. I try to take it out of, of this. I try not to talk about it. <laughs> you trying to talk about it? I, I just brought it up and now yeah, the secret did. is out. Yeah. Well, I don't think it was a big secret, but I think everyone also knows that I have been very, uh, out of everyone on this show, I have been the one that believes in Tennessee the most. Because I called the ten and two at the beginning of the season, and I'm now going to yes. go twelve and zero. Because I don't know who Tennessee's going to lose to, to be honest. Are you going twelve and zero now? Unless, yeah, twelve and zero, and then I think they'll drop the SEC championship, and I, I think they still make the playoffs. But just because you can't play Nick Saban twice and expect to win twice in one season, yeah. you know what That's I mean? Tough. It is very tough. I mean, our only hope would be that somehow Alabama slips up again, and Tennessee yeah. gets to play. Ole Miss or whoever. Um, yeah, Ole Miss just got stomped by LSU, though. Yeah, that was I didn't ugly. see that coming. I didn't see that I, coming. I don't think anybody did. I don't think anyone saw that coming. And I don't know if LSU is just good or if Ole Miss is just not good. I don't know. I have no idea. This we, this 
year is very weird with people. It is. Yeah, it's it's very odd. Okay, so let's get to message board bingo. Here we and, go. All right. I'm ready. I know you have dirt on Ruiz. A lot of us do. I heard Ruiz works for the Russian mob. Those are the rumors that float around down there. I just hope somebody has proof. It's an SEC team, and you have 10 seconds on the message board. Okay. So people are going to, they're going to jump in there. I want to see some good answers. I really hope someone, yeah. I really hope somebody gets it because it is SEC. Everyone hum the, the background music in your heads. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Crazy uh, Nugs, Florida. Florida. That's, oh, that's good. Florida. Yes. Touche. Touche. Florida. Good job. Crazy, Crazy Nugs. What a great name. I wish that was my handle on Twitter. Or, I know. It's pretty is that good. Where, is you this know, coming from Twitter? Where's this coming from? What? No, this is coming from just the chat. It's on YouTube. Oh, okay. You can tell. They have the little oh, you, symbol oh, okay. at the end. See, I don't All know right. um, technology. That's true. Yeah. Do you have, you have pets, right, Coach Lance? I do. I've got a okay. dog and, a, and two cats. Do you dress them up for Halloween? <laughs> the dog we do, yes. You do? Yeah. What was he last year? He was, um, like, he was like a super dog. We got a cape for him and stuff like that yeah it was great but he's big he's a big fat black lab he's like 100 pounds and he gets tired fast so we can't take him trick-or-treating for long he has to go home and go, go to sleep that's awful <laughs> he's a fatty oh right. dogs that are fat are cute they are yeah all right so this is let's do the last one okay hear me out away we win on saturday what if we receive the ball to start the game, methodically drive down the field, score a touchdown, and then our entire team leaves the sideline and celebrates the touchdown in the end zone? An eye for an eye, so to speak. Sounds good, right? But that's not where the game is won. We certainly don't want to go and kick off and put our defense on the field, do we? So this is where we win. Not only does our entire team go and celebrate in the end zone, but what if all of our fans rush the field and celebrate the first score? Pandemonium. Everyone goes nuts. We start tearing down the goalposts while the refs, event staff, and everybody's finest all try to get our fans off the field, but they can't because we won't allow the game to continue. Someone even goes up to the coach and cuts a piece of his hair off. You can't make this stuff up. <laughs> Sorry I fell off, guys. Can you hear me now? Dave's back. Yeah, apparently a tree fell, literally like the Ben Joyce interview. Was and we got Coach Lance on top. You know, you shouldn't be on top of Amanda. All right, go ahead. <laughs> All right, dude. I didn't hear any of it, Coach Lance. What do you got? I'm just along for the ride at this point. Hooker on the bottom. Okay. Now, crazy nugs, I, I feel like is got it going on uh with the kentucky right there but, but kentucky plays at tennessee so i don't imagine how they're going to storm the field and turn the goalpost so how can it be kentucky it is not that was my first kentucky they're going to storm the kentucky. local kroger's because <laughs> <laughs> it's kroger's field it is kroger field but i think kentucky fans are more likely to storm dollar general honestly yeah 
Levi, no, it is not the Mississippi State coach. But that would be funny because Mike Leach would say something like that. And I love Mike Leach. I love him so much. of a crush. I, yeah. Mike Leach is definitely my spirit animal coach. So it's, 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 it sounds like we're dead in the water on this one. Like I was dead in the water with my internet connection. So do we want to do another one? Which one was that, Amanda? That was the second one that we did. Did we give away one in the first? We did. Okay. Did we you did. get the name? Because I don't have any of the messages. It's Crazy Nugs. Crazy Nugs knows to email. Okay. And yes, Crazy Nugs, it is Florida. Again. Well, I, already, I already called it. So here we go. You already called it. That's good. Yes, I said that we're done with that one. Here we go. Let's go message word bingo. Is this round three? Because I'm completely lost. Round I thought three. we were only doing two rounds. I'm unprepared for a third round. Oh, <laughs> you, you and me both, sister. All right, so let's go ahead Apparently. and get to this day in sports history. Exclusively on Off the Hook Sports with Dave Hooker. You're so old when you were a kid, rainbows were black and white. And Amanda LaFrada. New kids on the block just called. They wanted you as a backup dancer. So did you guys do anything crazy when I lost connection anything wild happened we burned this show down while you were gone it was amazing we did. we did it was crazy and the things amanda said about you dave while you were gone shocking <laughs> shocking you had no idea that she had that much hatred for me all right somebody asked me how it was while you were gone how it was working with you sweet and what did you say you'll have to go back through the show and look all righty. October the 28th, 1989, Tennessee beats LSU 45 to 39, over 900 yards of total offense. That's called just a regular old Saturday nowadays. Carl Pickens had a 93 yard kick return for a touchdown. LSU had an onside kick that failed. Thank you, Brittany, for bringing us this day in uh, sports history. So, this day in sports history is uh, brought to you by. Our very special friends who we absolutely love, and that would be City Heating and Air, cityheatandair.com, cityheatandair.com, where integrity matters. So, uh, guys, let's go ahead and get the – we did it with today's tough question, but Amanda and I haven't weighed in, and neither has Coach Lance. So where do we see this game shaking out? Can you give us the options again for today's tough question, Amanda? Yes. So what do you think the outcome will be? Kentucky wins by more than 10. Kentucky wins by less than 10. Tennessee wins by less than 10. And Tennessee wins by more than 10. Coach Lance? Tennessee wins by more than 10. Absolutely. That's my You got a score prediction? Um, I'm still working on it, but I'm thinking it's somewhere in the high 40s. Tennessee's going to score in the high 40s, and Kentucky's going to get in the high 20s. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking like a 40 – Eight to twenty-eight, something like that. It's weird. You and Jonathan Crompton both are are kind of there, and I was too. I was actually going to say thirty-seven to twenty-seven, but the more I think about it throughout the course of the show, the more I think Tennessee is significantly better offensively. I understand that Kentucky's good defensively, but it's the exact opposite of what it, what it used to be, guys. Where good defense beats good offense nowadays in college football, good offense beats good defense. Amanda, so I'm I'm actually going to go. Uh, I will say 43 to 23. How about that? 20 points. Okay. It's a good pick. 47-21. 47-21. All right. Our picks uh, brought to you. I like it. By a person who can help you 
with your financial future and it won't involve gambling. You need a financial strategy. Guardian Investment Advisors work closely with friends and neighbors throughout the uh, area here in Chattanooga. But the cool part about COVID, that sounds weird. But the cool part about uh, being able to communicate via teleconferences and video conference is you're able to get that type of insight that Guardian offers in East Tennessee and is offered also with an office into the Tampa area, but you're able to take advantage of that as well. Uh, so I would highly suggest you to uh, check them out. So let's all uh, share our, uh, I, I promised them that we would do this guys, that we would share our 401k status and where we are. Are we doing that? I'm just joking. Go to GIAplantoday.com. GIA Still waiting on mine. Today.com. GIAplantoday.com. And they will take care of you and your financial future. So, um, Amanda, what did you have the final score again? Excuse me. 47-21 balls. So we're pretty close. <clears throat> so I, um, as far as uh, this game shaking out, um, give me both guys a scenario in which Kentucky wins it. Give me a okay. scenario because I, I and I asked this because I wrote the five to one this morning, five reasons why Tennessee will win and one why they won't. And I really had trouble coming up with the one I did. And and the only one that's kind of the fallback, Coach Lance, would be complacency, a yeah. donut game overlooking, thinking Georgia. But Tennessee's been in this situation before where mentally they had every reason to overlook an opponent and they haven't done it. You're, you're exactly right. They had that opportunity with other teams. They didn't do it. We were afraid um, I, before it was a Bama, I, I don't know, Florida, some other other big games. We thought they might they might do that, but didn't happen. I think, yeah, I think Tennessee's going to win for sure. But the one thing that I think could happen would be turnovers just something we don't do. We don't turn the ball over much at all, which has been huge for us. But if we, if Kentucky forces some turnovers with this supposedly good defense they have, if they force the turnovers, then that could hurt us. Um, but our offense is so good. Um, think about, was it, was it the Bama game when we had this, was it a snap that went over Hooker's head or something or, or ball? Uh, it was a handoff that, yes. handoff that's, they didn't realize someone thought it was a fake and then somebody else thought it, it wasn't Hendon thought it right. wasn't. And then Jabari thought it was. And yeah, it was called a mesh point ground. exchange. That's it's right. And, and Alabama scored on that. Right. And it was just like, boom, yeah. man, it Scoop sucked the wind score. out of our cells. And uh, we came right back and scored on the very next drive. I think, I think, so I think the resilience of the team is too good. They, that I don't think that's going to happen, but turnovers I think would be the one way that, that we, lose the game i think so, it's injury injury is the only way and and hear me out the injury that i'm referring to is somebody on the offensive line if darnell Wright goes down that's going to be an issue for tennessee because mm -hmm. someone's going to get to hendon hooker at that point so yeah. my my feeling is the only way that tennessee loses this game is if there is an injury to someone substantial that that is protecting hendon hooker and that's it I can roll yep. with that. So yep. uh, we do want to uh, be sure and remind everyone as uh, we have uh, online right now on our community page on our YouTube channel, you can email us uh, pictures of your pet. So it's right there. And Craft Treats is going to hook you up. They are so awesome. And Craft Treats 
you go to their website. You can get the chill pills if you want, which helps with digestive issues, arthritis, and also anxiety issues. But uh, they have all kinds of dog treats that are absolutely awesome. So go to crafttreats.com. Use the promo code off the hook. Get 20% off. And also take part in our dog costume Halloween contest, which is on our community page. And all you have to do is email me a picture of your dog in a costume. It can be from last year, previous years. And then we're going to put them on our community page on YouTube. There's already several up there. Uh, probably slightly touched individuals with their dressed up dogs. But if you do that, that's fine. Um, so you can, you can go ahead and send me that. And I don't even know what they're talking about. Yeah. That's look, Amanda's. Look. Oh, you're Aww. really dressed up. Yeah. So, that's, yeah. He dresses yeah, yeah. up his dog too, Dave. Oh, but you don't like fool. You don't put a hat on him. Do you? Oh, do I put yes, a hat on? Yes. Do you put a hat on your dog? No, hat won't stay on. He, he gets rid of it. Yes. So the prizes are $30, $20, and $15 in craft treats uh, gift nice. cards. And we'll rank them by best dressed dog. Yes. And Amanda has final say. It. Coach Lance and I will vote on it, assuming we have internet connection, and it'll be great. So uh, thank you for wearing the hooker shirt. Thank you to Craft Treats. Again, Craft Treats, go there, crafttreats.com, and you can use the promo code. If you can't wait to win or you're – you don't dress up your dog and you're normal, then you can use off the hook and get 20% off. I am can dress up your dog. I think it's cute. I'm going to dress up my dog now. Amanda, you, I swear I will. Scouts He'll bite are, you. He will bite you. He might. He, he bit me. He did bite Amanda. <laughs> wasn't, it didn't hurt at all. It was like a nibble, but he tried. He's a nipper. He's a mm. nipper. So I could dress him up as like uh, a vampire, like a biter. Yeah, he yeah. just has tiny teeth. So that would Can you be get odd. him some extra teeth, like some vampire fangs? Yeah, it's funny you uh, say that because um, we've had to have several teeth pulled for his poor dental hygiene. So he doesn't brush his teeth. Your fault. Yeah, it doesn't brush his teeth. It takes him a little longer to chew a craft treat than it does than it did five years ago. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> I don't hate my dog. Yes, you do. He does hate his dog. He does. I just I hate the fact that he has mortality, to be real honest with you. I'm gonna be an open, honest person. So I was the guy who got the dog to appease my daughter because we didn't get to go to the Alicia Keys concert because I had the flu and we had tickets. Six row tickets. So that's why I bought the dog 10 years ago. And he's can you hear me? He's getting old, and I I see mortality in him, and it bothers me. So you hold you him when he gets his wings. I had to hold mine. I held I held Alice in my arms when she went to get her wings as a dog. You have that. You have to do that. Worst thing I've ever done. Would never do that. Like would never leave her alone to take that. Ava, whenever. I actually, I'll do the same thing. We had to do that too, but with, with another dog, Laney, a German shepherd who was my first and uh, very beloved dog. But uh, I didn't, I didn't hold her the whole time. I had to leave Tennessee at a football practice. Priorities. <laughs> it's a true story. 
terrible part. I really just do not like you very much. <laughs> I love you to death. Have a fantastic day, everyone. We apologize for the technical difficulties. Check us out off the hooksports.com. We got good stuffs. And Coach Lance, you're awesome as always. Thank you, sir. Thank you for having me. Go Vols. Thanks, Coach Lance. Have a great day, everyone. This has been a production of Off the Oak Sports. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.